Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind. I love having the opportunity to get to know and support families who are involved in foster care. And today, I'm excited to introduce to you my amazing friend, Katrina Hilliard, who has so much wisdom to share when it comes to fostering. Both Katrina and her husband have been navigating this world of foster care for the past three years and have definitely learned a thing or two about trusting God along the way. I love the honesty with which Katrina describes this roller coaster ride of emotions that oftentimes comes with fostering and how her faith has been stretched as a result. So if you've ever considered becoming a foster parent, know somebody who is a foster parent, or just want to learn more about the foster care process, I really do believe this episode is going to be an encouragement to you. Hey, Katrina, thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait to chat with you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm really excited about this conversation we're having, especially because I feel like this is a topic that a lot of people are curious about and they want to hear about, but maybe they just don't know who to ask um, and they don't know somebody who has these experiences to share. So um, for those who aren't sure of what the topic for today's conversation is, we are going to be talking all about foster care and about your experiences with it and, and just what God has shown you through it. I'm really excited. Awesome. All right. Well, um, just to begin, can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your family and just sort of like, you know, what the season of life looks like for you guys right now? Oh, absolutely. So my husband and I have been married for 11 years and we have one adopted son who's two and a half and a foster son who is 16 months old. So life is messy and busy, but so much fun. (laughs) Yes, and I I know what some of that's like because yeah. my kids are close in age too. So it's kind of funny that you know we we both we both can kind of test attest to just how challenging and crazy yeah. this season can be. Every day is an yes, adventure, well, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I love seeing the photos and stories of your boys on Instagram. Oh, thank it's so you. fun. Thank um, well, you I so would, much. I would love I would love for you to share the story behind what led you and your husband Mark to foster care. Uh, Sure. So um, when we first got married, we waited a year to start trying to get pregnant. And then we struggled with infertility for years and years. Um, Never had even uh, not even an unsuccessful pregnancy, never got pregnant at all. We went to doctor's visits and tests and all that fun stuff. And we got to the point in our process and journey with infertility that the doctor told us that we, our only option other than a miracle from God um, was in vitro fertilization, IVF. And at that time he had quoted us like a $20,000 price tag with a 30% chance of success. (laughs) And we were like, what? Like that, like we're super frugal people. We followed Dave Ramsey. We were on a budget. Like (laughs) that was not an option for us at all. And we knew that we needed to look elsewhere um, when we were, t- we were talking about it. And we're like, well, if someone gave us a check for $20,000 tomorrow, what would we do? And we were both like, not IVF. Like We both just knew yeah. that that was not the path that we needed to take. So um, we started looking into adoption. Um, foster care was probably the bottom of our list of options. Um, but God kept bringing it up over and over again through people at church, through um, my family is actually uh, growing up. I was in a foster family. Um, so I was a biological kid in a foster family. So it kept coming up over and over again. And we just felt like God was opening all the doors and pointing us in that direction. So that's how we got on this path. Yes. And I, 
I love that part. I love that part of your story about how you also grew up in a foster family, uh, meaning that your parents took in foster children. And it's just so interesting how God orchestrated even, you know, those parts of your story and right. that, how they all correlate and how they may have prepared you even for this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, one just, of those things I, that I grew up and I, I loved it, but it wasn't mm, what we yeah. had chosen. Like it wouldn't have been like, Oh, I, I mean, it was great as a kid, but I'd never planned for my family to be this way, but it's, it's a total, total God thing. And he's, he's blessed us along the way. So here we are. Yes. I love that. And, and did Mark have any exposure at all to foster care at the time? Or was this all entirely new to him? Um, only from my family. Cause we grew up, we were, um, childhood friends. So that was his only exposure to it. I mean, he knew what it was, okay. but not anything, not in the home or anything. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's, you know, I'm glad that there are people out there who are, you know, growing up with people who are doing this so that they can get that exposure and have a right. better understanding of it. Like, right. I'm very thankful to be following along on, you know, on you guys's journey and just being able to understand more of the process through what you guys share. And that's just well, such a blessing you. to us. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, I would love for you to dive into just some of the process of becoming certified and and the sorts of things that you guys were feeling or experiencing through that process. And then what happened when your first foster son, who is now your adopted son, yes. Joshua, spoiler when he <laughs> came to you. Yeah, spoiler alert. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we started the process in January of 2016. And it took us about six months start to finish. Um, and we, there are, everyone will tell you there's tons and tons and tons of paperwork. <laughs> so I would work on the paperwork during the day and Mark would come home from work and I'm like, sign all these papers and just pass them across the table. It's <laughs> how we survived getting through all that. Um, and then you have a home study where someone comes in and ask you every question about your life that you could think of, um, any about your childhood, your relationship, how you met. I mean, it's just, it's a little invasive. Um, I didn't mind it as much because I'm a talker, but Mark felt a little like, like you're all in my space. Why do you need to know all this? But they're just <laughs> making sure that um, people are vetted and that they are appropriate for children, obviously, because sure. it's a yeah. big responsibility. Um, and then in, um, we got an email in June. I'm on a Thursday at 10 a.m. I'm saying we were approved. And by noon, we had a call for a placement. Um, so it was crazy oh fast once, it happened, once we got the approval. I mean, that was a placement for two little boys and um, one had a broken, I think a, both, both legs were broken and he was like four months old, I want to say. So as scary as that sounds, we said yes. Um, but thankfully um, they found family for them, which is always the best option if they can find yes. family for them to go to. Um, so that was on a Thursday. And then Friday by noon, we had another phone call for a little three week old African-American baby boy. And, um, I told the worker, I was like, I have to call my husband. I'm 99% sure the answer is yes, but I need to call my husband. <laughs> so, um, I called Mark and of course he said yes. And so by five, five, five 30 that day, he was in our house. So that's where our, how our adopted son, how our current adopted son got to us. Oh my goodness. And what were those first days like? Were you, you know, excited, nervous? Like what were all the emotions and thoughts that were going on in you guys? Oh my goodness. Every emotion imaginable. (laughs) (laughs) It's the craziest thing when they bring the children to you because the lady comes up to the door. She got stuck in on Friday afternoon traffic on 285. She was like, I had to stop and feed him. And then um, I don't have another bottle for him. I don't know what his schedule is. Here you go. (laughs) Oh, so she might have been here 10 minutes. 
And then she left and Mark and I looked at each other like, we, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, wow. um, yes, it's crazy that they just drop these kids off and then say bye. So um, we scooped him up and changed his clothes and changed his diaper. And I, I was super, uber prepared. So I already had a bottle. And so I made a bottle for him and he ate and we just loved and snuggled on him. Um, so, and it was actually um, Father's Day weekend. So Mark got to celebrate yes. his first Father's Day um, got him on Friday and Father's Day was Sunday. So all the emotions. Um, and then we had court on Monday morning, which is a whole nother set of emotions. Mm-hmm. And um, so Mark got to meet birth mom that day. And what was really sad is she thought that the baby would be with him and he wasn't. And so she was upset and Mark was there by himself and didn't know what to do and so it's a whirlwind for sure. It was a little crazy. And then um, when also when they come to into care, you have doctor's visits you have to get them to. You have um, caseworkers come. So it, the first month is you just feel like your head's spinning. So um, after that, it calms down. But the first month is pretty crazy when you get a new placement. Oh, I'm sure. And I just, I first of all, the fact that it happened over Father's Day weekend, that's just so beautiful. I and know. just, oh, I love that so much. Um Second of all, the fact that she, the caseworker, only stayed for 10 minutes and then <laughs> left that, like, that just makes me, oh, like, it, ooh, it feels so overwhelming. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's kind of the same thing when you, you know, when you have a baby in a hospital, you're only there for like a day or two and then true. you go home <laughs> and like, you're done, fun. you know? Figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, I mean, 10 minutes is such a short amount of time, but I mean, I guess, you know, she knew that you guys would figure it out and right. you, you surely did. So, yeah. uh, yes. Um, I don't know what I was really well, expecting going into it, but I was like, 10 minutes was not what I was expecting. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, why are you dropping this child off at my house <laughs> with no instructions? And she was even like, yes. ask birth mom if he had a schedule. And she said, not really. So bye. <laughs> it was just so crazy. you're on okay. your own. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, I, you know, I'm sure that everyone who's listening is like, well, like, then what? Like, yeah, <laughs> but I can assure everybody that you guys did eventually find a good groove. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, how did the next few months go? Um, what sort of challenges did you maybe face? Um, and all the blessings that also came through it? And even Absolutely. like, how did you see God moving through this? Right. Oh, of course, of course. Um, I'll give you just a brief overview of his whole entire case, because since he's adopted, we can talk about anything we want to. Um, before they're adopted, you're kind of closed-lipped on everything. So, yes. um, so I remember in the foster care training class, on the we did a weekend class, and so Friday night was the first class, and they talked about birth parents and being involved with the birth parents as much as possible and being mm-hmm. a support for them, and that you kind of take on the whole family and all this stuff that sounds great on paper. And Mark and I got in the car that night and we were like, this is ridiculous. Like we're not taking on a family to raise. Are you crazy? Like we had very bad attitudes. <laughs> um, you know, these people don't deserve their children because they got them taken away. And we were just in a terrible place as far as it came to birth parents. Um, and then fast forward to meeting Joshua's um, birth mom. We decided to transport him back and forth to visits because they were on Saturday morning. He had them once a week for two hours. Um, and we had had two transporters, not really great experience. And so we were like, we'll just take them ourselves. It'll be fine. Um, so we got to see mom every single week, um, which yeah. was great because we could support her and see her. But it was also pretty emotional for me. I think Mark handled it better than I did. But it's just like like you live the whole week and you feel like he's your child. And then you see birth mom and you're like, oh, wait, but he's in foster care. 
So every week it was like a reminder, which is good because that's the goal of foster care is always to get them back with their parents if, if it's safe and possible. So um, for me, that was a lot of emotions every week. I'm like, oh, he's mine. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, he's mine. Oh, no, he's not. So that took some some growing on my part for sure. Yeah. And I, I also um, realized very quickly that all birth parents are not terrible, awful people that need their kids ripped away from them. Um, his mom in particular, she loved him and she wanted to be a good mom for him, but she didn't have the skills because of her upbringing um, and some, some struggles that she was dealing with. So I, um, I humanized her, you know, it was easy to, it was easy in those classes to be like, oh, they don't deserve it. Take them away. But when, mm. you, when you meet one that's in just a hard place, when you, when I met his birth mom, I was, I just had so much compassion for her and God completely changed my heart about um, wh- what ministry I was in. And this wasn't just a ministry for Joshua. It was for her too. Um, so that was one huge thing that God did in my heart. Um, for Mother's Day, we celebrated our first Mother's Day at the same year. So I, we got her a gift and um, like made sure she felt loved and, and accepted and supported. And I would send her pictures and I just did all these things. Like the Holy Spirit would just show me things to do for her to help her in a really tough spot too. So that was probably the biggest like change for me <laughs> because I was yeah. not there when we first went through classes for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> it was a major change for me. I was very selfish and I quickly changed and realized that she deserved love just like I do. And God's cleaned up a lot of my messes too. So um, she deserved that same love and grace. Um, so fast forward about a year, we had had um, Joshua for a year and on a Saturday morning, we were at visitation and birth mom pulled us aside and she was like, I want to talk to you guys about adopting him. I want to sign my rights over. I just can't take care of him. I really want to, but I can't. And so I want to um, sign my rights over so you can adopt him. And so we were floored and excited and grace, like we were so grateful. Um, but I was like, well, let's pause this conversation and let's call our caseworker on Monday morning because we couldn't do anything about that. Like that would definitely have to have to be something to go through defects. Um, so all weekend long, we were flying high, so excited. And then Monday, um, we got a phone call from the caseworker. And at this time, no family had come forward for him. They had looked for family, couldn't find anyone. Um, There was another family member that had said that she didn't want, you know, just there was just no one for him, basically. So we'd had him for a year and thought we were going to get to adopt him. And so the caseworker called that Monday morning and said, we found a great aunt and uncle for him. And they seem very appropriate and they're very interested in placement. They're meeting for a home study right now. Like (laughs) we were like, talk about top of the roller coaster, bottom of the roller coaster. I mean, we were floored and completely caught off guard and terrified and (laughs) so sad and heartbroken and just every kind of emotion that you could imagine. Um, So that was crazy. (laughs) Um, And then we, um, we met them. We decided at that point, you know what, God knows best what's best for him. And, we might just be a temporary family for him and that's going to have to be okay. And we're going to trust God with his future. And we, we have no say or no rights over this. So we just have to trust God it was really our only option. Um, as hard as that was, uh, cause I'm a control freak and like to have things in order and in control. <laughs> so, um, so then we met them at court about a month later and they were the kindest, nicest people we could ever, ever hope to place him with. Like we, we just felt so much peace around them. Um, we hit it off with them immediately. They were like family. 
we left the courthouse and I was like, Mark, the thing is like, I can't be angry because I know that if he goes to them, um, that he would be loved just the way that I do, which was all I could ever ask for and want. Um, if I had to pass him off to someone. So, um, we, we just walked through that one day at a time and we got to know them and sent them pictures of him and updates from him of him. And they were actually having the home study people come to their house the next day. So we knew that this was a very viable option, um, and could very likely be him, um, leaving us. And, um, so then two weeks later, I believe it was the husband, the great uncle called Mark and he, and I get teary out every time I say that, he called Mark and he said that they had been praying about it and that they could not remove him from us because of the bond that he has with us. And, the, and he thanked mm. Mark over and over again for taking care of his blood. And they were so grateful that Joshua was loved and cared for and that um, he wanted him to stay with us. And so we were again, top of the roller coaster again, like overjoyed, so excited, so grateful to them. Um, and then things just moved on from there and we adopted him this past September. So long yes. story short, long story long, <laughs> in a nutshell, his case. Um, so what's, what's even cooler is that now we have a relationship with a great aunt and uncle. Um, they've had us over to dinner. They give us presents. They're just like the sweetest people. I can't speak more highly of them. And we also still have a relationship with mom because we were so kind to her the whole time intentionally to, to bless her. Um, we have a relationship with her as well. So when Joshua gets older and has questions or wants to meet her or meet them, or like we have those biological family um, relationships, which I think is really important. So it's the best, it's the most beautiful story God could have ever written. And it was full of ups and downs, but so, so, so worth it. Oh, absolutely. And I want to talk for a second about, cause you know, you said it had ups and downs and you shared some of the downs. What I know that not every story goes like this, you know, right. <laughs> sometimes a family, you know, becomes very attached to a child that they're fostering. And then it turns out that the child does go back to the birth parents or to mm-hmm. other relatives. Um, can you speak to that for a minute? I mean, I know that that wasn't the case with you guys, but what kind of encouragement can you give um, either women who who have endured this or women who are thinking about going trying foster care, but they're they're afraid of the possibility that they won't be able to keep the child forever. Right. Right. And like you said, I can't speak from that from personal experience. I have watched friends walk through that and it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. And um, you just get you like everyone says, oh, I could never be a foster parent because I get so attached. Well, of course, that w- that's what you should be doing. So yeah. of course you get attached. Of course, they feel like they're your kid, that they're your kids. Um, but one thing I can say is every step along the way, like every scary court date, every the even even when we were walking through knowing that Joshua would probably leave us. I feel like God's grace just met us at every single step. Um, and it's, we, we look at each other all the time and say, would you have believed six months ago, we could have walked through this with such peace, you know? Like, and yeah. so even though it's hard and you grieve and it's, and, and still, and again, I, I still can't speak from this from personal experience, but um, I know it's, it, if and when we come to that point, which I'm sure we will at some point. Um, it's just God's grace meets you at every turn. And even in the hard, he is still good and it can still carry you through that, um, which is easier said than done. Sounds great on paper, but um, I know for sure that that's his character and he will get us through all the ups and yes. downs that are even um, coming that we can't see. So that would be my biggest encouragement. 
Yes, yes, that's such good truth. And and you you mentioned, you know, that this could be a possibility for your future, which brings me to my next question, which is what led you to open your home and your heart again, even before you adopted Joshua? Because now you have two little boys in your home. Right. So two, what, what was that like? What led you to that? Um, we, Mark and I both felt like we were not done. We knew for sure that one um, wasn't all that we wanted. And so we decided when Joshua was he had just turned 17 months old to open again. Um, it just, we both prayed about it and just felt like that was when we were supposed to. And we, as crazy as it was getting into foster care, we really feel like foster care is a ministry that God's called us to. And mm-hmm. he's given us the the strength to walk through um, in this season. And we don't know if it's going to be four or five years or 10 years or two years or, you know, we don't know how much longer that we'll be foster parents, but we definitely feel his hand in this and we feel a calling to it. Um, So we were just like, okay, it's time. So our um, second little peanut came to us at three weeks old as well um, in October of 2017. So, um, and his case is still ongoing. So we don't know, don't know what's going to happen. Don't know where he's going to end up, but we are loving him to pieces in the meantime. Yes. I love that. What, what has life been like? For you guys um having <laughs> two so close together in age and i'm asking this because you know i'm there too so i right. love, i love hearing it so tell tell us what what's that been like i don't know if you feel this way i feel like the first six months i was like what have i done <laughs> like, oh my goodness i don't have yes. hands i don't know what i can do um and they're both really great great babies like we've been blessed with super easy babies but it's just the constant demand of someone needs mm-hmm. something at all times so once the six month mark hit i was like okay i can breathe a little bit like i can and the main thing was not letting the oldest one hurt the little one it, unintentionally like you're supposed to love on him and kiss all over right. him and i'm like he's two months old you can't jump on top of him um so definitely tiring for sure um and then again at like one year I felt like we turned another corner and I was like okay they're getting a little more independent like we can do this so it's slowly getting better but um having them 16 and a half months apart has definitely been an adventure um but I do love it like now they're getting where they play together all the time they're best friends so I'm really glad that we did get them so close in age but it's definitely a challenge for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. And I I agree with you that for us, um, my girls are 19 months apart. And uh-huh. those first, I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. About six months, it was a challenge. It yes. was like you're trying to get your bearings. You're trying to figure out a schedule that works for everybody. And, exactly. And, and, and it's kind of hard to, you know, explain to your toddler why you know, we want to be quiet so we yes. don't wake up sissy. And, yes. you know, why, you know, I can't go to go give her her snack right away because I'm, you know, nursing or feeding. And, right. and it's it was overwhelming. And especially with just all of the you know, the fears of, you know, can I handle this? Do I want to leave the house today? Do I want to, you you know, like, you know, you start to question your abilities. Um, But you're right around the six month mark, it it actually for us, it definitely got easier. And, and now we, you know, we've gotten into a good groove. And I love that you guys have too. Yeah, Um, that's just, I I hope that that's an encouragement to any. any Yes, hang in there. Yes. Yes. Newborns are hard. Newborns take up yes. so much energy. They're adorable, oh, they but they're, they take up lots of energy, but it does get better. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Um, so back to our conversation about fostering. Um, 
I would love to know a little bit more about some of the fears that you maybe had, or maybe not even just fears, but also misconceptions. Because I know that, you know, you touched on the the misconception you had about how, you know, all birth families aren't, you know, bad people, you know, right. and that was right. a big, that was a big paradigm shift for you guys. So were there any other misconceptions or fears or just other things like that that you guys dealt with that you can speak to today? I would say my biggest, biggest fear, which is still to this day that I have to fight, um, is the unknown. You're really in control of nothing. And I, and I know biological families are in control of nothing either, but it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just very like, oh, someone can come take them tomorrow. Okay. Like I have to be okay with that. So yeah. the unknown is definitely the, the, the hardest part of foster care for me. Um, because it's just like, we could have them for another week, another month, another, you know, two months or their lifetime. And there's no, there's no plan. Like you can't see past the next court date. Um, so that's definitely the hardest thing for me. And it's something that God and I work on all the time <laughs> to try to, so that I will calm down and let him do what he's going to do. And our, my mantra the whole time has just been, we trust God to build our family. And whether that means that our family is just one adopted child and the rest are going to be fosters, or if we have a bunch of foster kids that turn into adopted kids, um, we just have to trust. And it's just like you and your family too. You have to trust what's coming next and you can't see the next bend. Um, but I feel like foster care like forces you to trust whether you want to or not <laughs> um, immediately. So that's definitely been the biggest um, hurdle for me. And then misconceptions. Um, I, I probably thought that it was going to be a little faster. The process was going to be faster than it has been. <laughs> um, even with, uh, Jack's case, our little one, I can't say many details because he's still in foster care, but things looked very cut and dry in the beginning. And so I thought, oh, quick case, you know, in and out, whatever. And it's not been that way. He's now 16 months old and things are still not settled. So nothing moves quickly. And even with Joshua's case, we had him for over two years before his adoption was finalized. So nothing's fast, I guess is what I would say. And I probably yeah. expected like, oh, well, duh, the judge is going to make a ruling because this all makes sense. But there's a lot that goes into the judge's rulings. And there's a lot that goes into the process that I didn't see until I was in it, if that makes sense. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And yeah. it's, it really is fascinating for someone who's on the outside like me to hear these things, because mm -hmm. on the outside looking in, it does kind of look like, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs and and we don't necessarily understand why it's taking so long for right. there to be an adoption. Right. Um, especially because, you know, I knew I knew some of, you know, your case and your situation. So, you know, we were just waiting for the day that you guys would get the exactly. news that you're adopting Joshua. <laughs> we were too. And then, <laughs> right, and right. And then months would go by and then there would be a little, you know, like a little glimmer of hope and then more months would go by. And so... So when we heard the news, when you guys announced that um, that you guys were officially adopting him, it was like it was a long time coming. And it was just it was a breath of fresh air, I'm sure. Right. Right. For yes. sure. Yeah. It's hard not to live. You're you have to live in the moment instead of living between court dates. <laughs> like, like we would go to a court hearing for Joshua and then the next one's three months. And I felt like I would have to hold my breath for that three months. Like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's a lot of trusting and taking it one day yes. at a time and trying not to look 
look ahead because it, it which is hard for me because I'm a planner. <laughs> like I want to, I want to plan things out and let's organize our calendar and let's see what vacation we're taking at the end of the year. But in foster care, you don't know it at that vacation if you have one, two or three kids, you know, like you just don't know um, any of it. So it's, that's definitely interesting and challenging for sure. Yes, but I but I love how God He stretches you in those yes. ways so that <laughs> yes. you become even stronger. And I would love for you to speak into that for a minute about just how you've seen God strengthen you and not just through fostering, but just through being a mom in general. How has God cared for you and shaped you through your motherhood journey? Oh, I love that question. Um I definitely I in, in the same way that I said earlier that like his grace meets you there. Um, we at, I don't know how to, how to word it, at every twist and turn and struggle and um, scary court date or scary report from the defects worker or, um, or happy report from the defects worker. We have had just support surrounding us, which has been huge on this journey. Um, and also we have had, peace from God like we've never experienced before and it's almost like there's a tornado going on around with just oh we met with the defects worker today and she said this but then yesterday they said this and then you know it can just be the case can be chaotic and just a whirlwind around you but Mark and I both like God's given us an an undeniable peace that doesn't make sense kind of thing in the midst of the scary Um, and so just clinging to that and then also his word is he's been given he's given us like specific words for each step and I write them all down and I can look back and be like oh at the six month mark this is what God said and at the you know year and a half mark this is what God said so he has been very faithful on our journey for sure um and has been sent people to encourage us he's encouraged us um and it's just been I don't know it's crazy that we're here and but I'm so 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 grateful for it at the same time Yes. And I love hearing about how people have rallied around you through right. all of this. Cause you're right. It is so important to have that, that community and those people who can help out because you know, it, it takes a village and right. And, and so for, for every mom, we all need that support. Exactly. Yeah. And specifically for foster care, if you don't, if you can't be a foster parent, find one and support them because it's huge. It means so, so, so much to us. It's they, yes. they like, we just get text on court dates. Like we're praying for you guys, praying that the judge makes the wise decision, praying, you know, and it just, it just makes you feel so much better. Like, okay, we're not in this alone and this is scary. And walking in to see a judge is not the most fun thing ever, but we have people surrounding us, which is, which is great. So God's definitely blessed us in that way. Yes, I love that. Um, do you have any wisdom or advice for women who are maybe considering foster care? Uh, sure. Um, if you're in the Atlanta area, definitely look up Faithbridge Foster Care. <laughs> Plug for them. We That's our private agency that we go through. It doesn't cost you any extra money to go through a private foster care agency. Um, they're just extra added support which is amazing. So definitely yeah. look into them or in your area, look at private um, foster care agencies. They, um, they work along with defects, but they have smaller caseloads. So you can get in touch with them a lot faster and they're just an extra layer of support and help because a lot of our defects caseworkers are just so overwhelmed. I don't know how they do their job. They're just so, so overwhelmed. So definitely look into a private agency Um and then be prepared for the roller coaster because it is up one second, <laughs> down the next second. Um, but God will carry you through. And if this is what you're called to, you'll just feel peace in every step of the way. Yes, I love that. And and I, I definitely love 
FaithBridge's structure in how they support foster parents. And, and I just, I just, again, I think it's so beautiful how they rally around foster parents and especially with how heavy fostering can be at times that you need that extra support. For sure. I love it. Well, just one more question I want to ask before we Uh close out. Um, How can we be praying for you guys? Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, Our little guy has court in March, um, on March the 14th. And he hasn't had court for six months, which is a really long time for a little guy. So um, big decisions might be made at this court hearing. So we're just, mm-hmm. we just continue to pray for whatever is best for him. I mean, if that means us forever, that's great. If that means family forever, that's, that's great. We just want what is best for him because God sees the whole picture. So we would love prayers for that court date for sure. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time to share your story and to give us that inside glimpse of this life and and what it's been like for you guys. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, hopefully we'll talk again soon. And um, and if anybody has any more questions about foster care, I would love for you to send them in and maybe we can get Katrina to answer them. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you again. I'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey friends, if you haven't already, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a review for this podcast on iTunes or in your Apple podcast app. Getting more reviews and ratings helps Soul Care for the New Mom get more exposure, which means more moms listening and more moms being filled with gospel truths and encouragement for their motherhood journey. I definitely want to see Soul Care continue to grow, and you can help with that with your review. Plus, I love hearing your feedback and getting an idea of what this podcast has meant to you. So when you get a chance, please be sure to do that. That would truly bless me today.